Friday morning, Friday morning deploy coffee instead of beer. We're tired. that yeah but what were you watching i was watching glenn gary glenn ross because i had a sales call i think that's why which this happens four or five times a week Mm. uh that i that i watch that before a call not every time but if it's a particularly one you get pumped fired up you gotta get get up for yeah and that movie has not exactly aged well Mm. um because like he's supposed to be a hard ass Mm. Um, Alec, is it Alec Baldwin? Yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, that yeah. scene it's supposed to be a real hard ass, but like, and and you're into it's just it. It's hard for me to not go like, but you should be in Thirty Rock. Yeah, and then, but then he'll he'll he drops some some insensitive expletives that are like, whoa, yeah, dude, too far, yeah, because uh, it was a different time in the eighties. It was, um, yeah. The Italians were discriminated against, as we discovered by watching Karate Kid the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Man, they hated Italians back then. <laughs> yeah. So much so they named, like, mountains after racial slurs of them. Oh, no, there was a field. That was a field. There was a field, and some of the field data were parsing. Yeah. We're having to call it Doggo. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Do- it was an Doggo actual field? field, something like that. Doggo, yeah. Was Doggo. It, was Doggo. It, was no. it Dago? Yeah, it was Dago. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. It's so like, I'm, I'm Italian uh, on my on my mom's side. Uh, my my great-grandfather's name was Giuseppe. That's mm. my proof of being Italian. Yeah, they, that, that wins. They immigrated yeah. from... Yeah. You're, they, you're legit. They yeah. immigrated from Sicily. Um, <laughs> and my grandmother... Uh, very, very Italian, first generation American, um, absolutely owned the term Dago. Mm. Um, because that was, that was okay from a Sicilian's perspective, mm. which was different than a mainlander Italian, which they were very prejudiced against. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't remember, <laughs> this is probably, this is not great. Welcome to the Friday afternoon deploy discussion of prejudice terms. <laughs> As we discuss uh, our, our uh, ethnical origins, yeah, as yes. a as a as a minority Italian, uh, and I mean I mean by minority of my heritage, um, uh, I think I think the term for mainlanders was, is it WAP? Is that what? Yes, is that what it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. grandmother would say, like, indignantly, like, "You're not a WAP. You're a fucking Dago." And I was like. Okay, Grandma. That's what she was telling me as like a kid, you know. Yeah. I was like, I don't yeah, think yeah. I'm either. I'm like a redneck from, I'm, well, yeah. hillbilly. Yeah. I'm yes. from the Washita Mountains you, you, of Arkansas. Exactly. Yeah. You're a Washita uh, hillbilly is what you are. Do we know, does anyone know the, the etymological roots of Dago and Wap? I have no idea. Mm. That's that's kind of like I had told Jesse who... Let's who, just go all in and I'll Google it and we'll yeah. get that in the search history. I had told Jesse, <laughs> I told Jesse that... Uh, you know, because I I'd said that because I was I was just saying it out loud. I'm trying to figure out what these names are in this file name. And Jesse's also quite Italian. He is, and 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 you know, because he'll tell you. And um, uncertain origin, perhaps from the Italian word "wapo" for bold and showy, with a G G U A P. Interesting. El, el wapo. Wapo. So and, I, and also the Spanish 
Quapo. Yeah, Spanish. Is, uh, which is dandy. Yes, or handsome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and they Guapo. were fancy over there in yeah. the mainland. It was were, that yeah. was a pejorative, sort of along the lines of yuppie or something, or like like, that. Uh, like a dude. Like back in the West, that was in, yeah. in the West that wasn't a compliment. No, right? Right. So, so, you're a dude uh, from East. Hair you know? from a horse's ass is a dude, right? Isn't that? Uh, that's at least what I was colloquially told. As that's a child. what I was told. Yeah. And I've yet to go like I need to confirm if that thing that I learned when I was a kid is true or not. Oh, there's lots. Of I those. don't want to know that. I don't want to know if my entire. You don't want lexicon, to lexicon of slurs. It's, it's, and, a, it's and, a small, uh, small alter to my to my okay my Google. I thought you were about to do it yeah. anyway because I thought you were like, do you want me to spoil it? Because well, I was, you were going to give was, the definition. I was like, going to because I've now Googled dude etymology, but I haven't said it yet. Let's let's do it. Do it. Let's do it. Do um, it. Let's see, uh, city dweller, mm. especially one vacationing on a ranch in the western U.S. That's yep. that's a little more modern. This is not a dated. Says late nineteenth century, denoting a dandy. Yeah. Oh. So same term. A wop. Yeah. As, as, a, as a wapo. They were a poser. Um, they were, you know, probably like, shortened from doodle, perhaps an allusion to Yankee, uh, Yankee doodle, doodle dandy. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Because, because so, in my mind, I imagine you know the gold rush is happening, and you had people that are already kind of pioneers so these, these living Yankees out there. Yankees showed up, and, yeah, and they're yeah. like, "I want to dig some gold too." Like, look at so this I Yankee can go home and tell here. my family over tea yeah. that I dug some gold, rolled yeah. up on a train. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, uh, yeah, look at this dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the Texas, how long is he going to last? The Texas phrase for that is "all hat and no cattle." Nice. Oh, I like that. That's that good. It's one of my Whoa. favorite. Texas colloquialism. That's a pretty good one. All hat and cool. no cap. Yeah. I think we, we may have talked about it on this show at some point or another. I'm not totally sure, but uh, Southern colloquialisms are my favorite because mm-hmm. you can you can pretty much just make them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come up with a good one like mm-hmm. that's super Southern, okay. but it, it's along the lines of you just basically take anything that. Everyone has a common understanding of, and then make it incomplete, and then use that to describe a person. Which yeah. is like, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a tri block with no accept clause. You know that one. Uh, <laughs> no, very, that's very good. Right? Yeah. Very good segue back yeah. into technology that, here. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, just, mm, it's perfect. like a, it's like yeah. a developer southernism. Yeah, because I was, was going to say the southern colloquialisms are like you take a farm animal, maybe a, a car part, and yeah. uh, and breakfast food, and you yeah. mash that together somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and that describes a situation. Uh, I just love the. He's, I just love the. He's 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 loonier than grits on a manifold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think my favorite contraction is yaldov. 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 Y'all would have. Y'all would have. I said yeah, y'all of, y'all which is like y'all that. have, but there's another in there. Yeah, y'all have. Y'all like that. Y'all of. Y'all loved it. Yeah, y'all have loved it. Y'all yeah. loved it. Yeah. No, see, on that, I take off the v, because that's, and so just y'all, 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 y'all loved it. Y'all loved it, which could be y'all could would be another have L. or y'all have. Yeah. Oh, could be, could be the, the past tense Double or function. the, yeah. Or will mm-hmm. have, even. Uh, love it. That's, uh, that's cool. It's a Friday morning deploy. Yeah. Is so, that yeah. is that better or worse than a Friday afternoon deploy? Uh well at least you got all day. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I was thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no. Absolutely. If you had to choose between the two, this is just a really late Thursday afternoon deploy. Yeah. That's yeah. still you know like right. uh, that took all night. Yep. Still got time. Yeah, because I did deploy Thursday and it uh, it didn't crash and burn, but pieces fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to put them back on this morning. <laughs> yeah, we need to get Jesse set up to do some actual testing today. Yeah, true story. Yeah, get that burn down chart a little more. 
We can get it there. Downish. Yeah. Then upish. Yeah. So I thought it was funny because we're we're recording this. This is there's a there's a double first here. First of all, we're recording in the morning. Mm. Um and and the reasoning behind that was uh we didn't get the opportunity quite to uh record last week. That this happens is, sometimes. That's true. But we are human. So this is not only being recorded in the morning on a Friday, but it's also going out day of. Yeah. Like yeah. like an hour after this is recorded. It's damn near like doing it live. Almost. This is pretty close to terrestrial radio right here, which I thought was Man. interesting because we're all here and we've never talked about it on the show, but the three of us, sorry, Alex, I'm, I'm excluding Dang. you. Maybe Alex. <laughs> Why, wait, I've never asked. We all have a background in terrestrial radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. You know, yeah, you know, but, but, but you it's do okay have, to exclude. But, <laughs> but Alex does play guitar, like in, in right? He's got music. We've all got music. Yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with radio? So you're familiar, with, than you're familiar they, with instrument play, cables and volume. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. play music over the radio, Alex. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Not anymore. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's no. kind of like, you, did you know MTV used to just play music videos? Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yo, we should we should be uh, live streaming this on Twitch. We should. We, we should. may have to get into doing that. I know. Yeah. We live streamed on YouTube for a couple of episodes. That's true. And we also like... Yeah, but Twitch is where it's at. That's I know. Cool. That's where everyone's, everyone's at. Or just we need, Periscope. We can get... Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, got that, we got that Patreon money. Oh, man. Maybe, that made, maybe that's the first investment as a, as a camera setup. Because we need... Mm -hmm. For this room, we need a couple angles. Yeah, we need, we need some. Up, we yeah, we can take those uh, those Ooh. cameras. Well, we don't have. <laughs> yeah, we're not using it anymore. Yeah. But we don't have access to the account. Yeah. Maybe, maybe no. though we can we can gotta, bend them to our will. There's got to be a little anyway. button that you push with a yeah. pin somewhere to, to reset, reset, reset those. Yeah, yeah. They call is it a it's a Waze cam? No, Waze is everything. It's one of those. Someone would know. <coughs> there's definitely some like oh, someone will definitely. There's know. some YouTube page on how to hack those and turn them just into IP cams. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, open source firmwares. I've actually looked into this in the past because I was going to jack one and use it as a. Uh, we were in a hard pinch for a webcam, and since they had mm. USB on them, I thought we'd yeah, use it. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't have much luck. But I only, I was, <laughs> I was solving this problem with like a with like a ten minute deadline looming, so I didn't get yeah. real, didn't yeah. get deep into that forum post. Couldn't try a lot of different your, uh, your yeah. IP cam. Yeah, can't try a lot of different possibilities in that that time frame. And that reminds me. We've got, let's see. We've oh, got, we got a, some shout outs. We, yeah, we, oh, we've yeah. got a new one. Um, and one of them will be back for the next episode uh, as a guest. Jeremy yeah. Welkley is he, on there. He is going to defend his love of Reg X from what I understand. Reg X and Raw Sequel is what yeah. they're Which like, Raw, come, at, come Raw at me, bro. Sequel, yeah. Raw Sequel, I, I definitely have kind of a, a, a fascination with and, and I like it. I don't use it hardly world, in production code, but, but I like it. I like. I like and understand sequel a lot more than I do Reg X. I might be which, getting ahead of myself for the topic sure. when they get there, but my feeling on that is Raw Sequel absolutely has a place in the world. The world runs on Raw Sequel. It does. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the business world. Yeah. But it, I don't, it doesn't have any business in a in a software application, mm -mm. but it's great in, in analyst hands, mm, right? Sure. Doing some reports and stuff. But yeah. Like, yeah, Raw SQL, um, second only to just Excel spreadsheets, is where <laughs> most of the world's data is getting plumbed around. Mm, yep. Too much of it's in Excel spreadsheets. That's right. I'm always shocked whenever I find out. Oh, man, it's terrifying. One, yeah. I, 
I, I imagine there's got to be like businesses out there or somebody's got to have a business idea where they just help companies convert from Excel spreadsheets to databases. We've done right? that. I mean, that's that's been probably mm. uh, a double digit percentage of the projects at Lofty Labs <laughs> over our history has been like... Your spreadsheet got too big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they said, we think we have big data. I was like, no, man, you just got 80,000 rows, but yeah. that's that's good. Let's yeah. get you out of the spreadsheet. You like, know? We need AI. No, yeah. you just need a, a relational yeah. database We think for we now. need Hadoop. Or something's like no, just um, anything else. <laughs> this is you've brought me a stack of notebook paper. Um, <laughs> let's let's start there. Yeah, uh, I have a uh, a friend from from the Django conference circuit um, that has started a. Uh, I'm gonna plug his freelance business there you go. on the show. Yeah, um, he started a freelance business that has <laughs> some of the best branding I've ever seen for that type of company. And it's called, I'll, I'll, I'll put the logo in the show notes and I'll show it to you guys. Okay. But it's called the American Spreadsheet Company. Uh-huh. And it's in this like, it's a great name. it's in this awesome, like sort of old school style um, that includes like kind of a image reference to a spreadsheet. But it's like, uh, I can't think of, it's, it's almost in like a, is it Art Deco? Maybe. I'll show you the logo and you can see, people can tell. But it's a great name for a like app development freelance or, or consulting company. Um, yeah. So I, I was, I was a big fan of that because cool. that is so much of the job. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, is, is pulling these spreadsheets. I'm gonna look it up, make a database and then wrap an admin section around it or an <laughs> API. Yes. Can everyone, I don't know if you, you guys probably can't gather around here, but let me just, let me just blow that up on the screen. <laughs> That's <Nice>. awesome. <laughs> what dreams are made of. <laughs> Uh, it's That's got the, amazing. it's got the hang loose hand and it's got the, the spreadsheet behind it is awesome. That's, uh, uh, Ben, uh, met him at Django con 2012, I don't remember exactly. It was in Chicago. Um, I don't remember exactly cause it was a long time ago. And also because, um, that was the first time that I went to a conference and enjoyed the party side of it. Ah. And we partied hard Maybe. um so a lot of that conference is a blur <laughs> we partied hard the night before my talk mm, and like oh, i met i met some i met some guys ben was one of them uh at the bar uh the first night of the of the conference and then they they came they all came to my talk they sat right on the front row and they were like man we were just here to support you and i was like oh thanks guys they're like no like physically support you because we weren't sure if you were going to be able to stand <laughs> on the stage, <laughs> which was true. It was rough. Yeah. We, uh. You and me were talking about this yesterday, but uh, in my, in my experience, most of the programming conferences I've gone to have been about the parties. Oh yeah. It's there. There's like one, one or two key speakers for the day that everyone's excited about. And then everybody tunes out just waiting for the party. Yes. I've, I know a lot of, I, I knew, uh, um, someone, someone I used to work with, uh, he and his boss would, um, when they would be in San Francisco, mm -hmm. they would seek out like, cause there's always some, um, like decent size or maybe even a really large conference. And they, uh, they crashed like a penthouse Oracle party one time, like at the top of the hotel. They were like, <laughs> hey, I think there's a, like a big Oracle for this Oracle conference party. And they, they went and they said it was insane. And so they made a habit of that, of just like awesome. going every time they were in San Francisco, they'd be like, where's the big conference? Let's go crash the after party. Amazing. Pre pretend like we're SVPs at Oracle or whatever, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> they got a, a thousand of them. Yeah, no one's checking our, no one's looking this up in the HR system. You yeah. Know? No. Um, yeah. A lot of partying going on. The, you know, a lot of the sponsors at conferences do like GitHub used to do drink ups. 
Oh man, yes. at the conferences, and they yes. would just pick up the bar tab for three hours, get, and it was go as hard as you want, and that stuff Woo. would always get insane. Yeah, I, of course. I, I have a friend that worked at GitHub, and his interview consisted of a two phase interview, and the first was like the technical interview that he felt he thoroughly bombed, and then they were just like, "Hey, we're going to uh, we got a box at the uh, um, Giants game tonight. You should swing by." Um, and he was just like, cool, they're inviting me to this because I failed so, so miserably. Consolation prize. Like, hey, yeah. since you don't have a job. Here's free tickets to this game. He said he showed up and they started all drinking hard. And he said he got just trashed. And he was just like, oh, man. Turned out. Hope that, I didn't embarrass myself. That was the culture. And they called interview. him. Yep. They called him the next morning and they're just like, hey, you got the job. He's like, what? He's just like, yeah. Uh, especially after last night, yeah, uh, party too hard. Yeah, we 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 realized we enjoyed being really drunk with you, and so uh, <laughs> so you got the job. He's like, oh, oh, awesome, okay. And I mean, he's a solid developer, so he they they gained more than just a drinking buddy. But dang, that sounds like the whole culture in, in Denver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Just if, if we can be drunk together, we can code together. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it's reminding me of the the scene. The fictionalized scene in the social network where they're mm. where they're looking for interns by mm. making them solve a solve a hacking problem and every and taking shots every time their yeah. code doesn't compile or yeah. something like <laughs> there's that. something yeah, yeah that they have to yeah. take a shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what's interesting is I just came back from Strange Loop that's what I was going to say they were actually yeah. I think pretty deliberately going against that so Strange Loop is an amazing conference and it does it takes a huge swing to the other side of that kind of bro developer culture like it's very it's a very inclusive culture very right? inclusive culture um do you like increasingly become so like do you do you put your do you put your pronoun on your badge you do yeah, yeah there's pronoun stickers yeah, right um for everybody to put on you your lanyard dick dedic- um your lanyard determines your photo preferences like black means you can take a picture of me blue means you can ask me if you can take a picture of me and red means get that camera away from me wow um so what were you? There's, I, I was black, so yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's, there's quiet. There's like basically quiet zones. Just don't put it on zones. Facebook, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't tag me in it. Yeah. Well, you can. I'm not on Facebook, so, so it won't like, work. Yeah. That, that's, how that's, that's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa has uh, to explain who I am every time yeah. she posts a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's still Alan. His beard just got long. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not, who is this strange person with no metadata? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, they have ghost. the metadata. I think there was a ghost in your picture. <laughs> They're just yeah. not showing it. They have the metadata. They have the metadata. Uh, then you start yeah. getting friend recommendations of all these different guys in Arkansas with long beards. Yeah. <laughs> that look like you, but not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> that could get weird fast. Yeah. Beard, but yeah, they even products. They even had um, a lot of. They, they deliberately diversified their speaker base. Um, so there, there's a lot of attention paid to that. Um, they scholarship a lot of. Um, Marginal, like what you would typically consider marginalized or minority uh, groups for developers, um, and then like even stuff I think was intentional this year. I assume it was two years ago when I went for the party, the pre-party at, at City Museum. They had free beer, and this year there was like no beer. Like, they had beer at City Museum. Yeah, they did. That sounds like a fucking disaster. It, it, maybe it was. Maybe that's why there's not beer anymore. Let's get a bunch of developers in a room full of rusty rebar and like seven story slides. Uh, yeah, like like play slides. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, there was no beer this year. It was just like light desserts, and uh, and so dang. The, the, there was no game room either. Last time I went and like hung out in the game room and played. That was the first time I played uh, Code Names and really. 
had a blast with that. So I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time at the party there. And then there were no Sounds like this conference was a total bust, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I didn't get and maybe I just was in the wrong uh Slack channels, but I didn't ever hear of just like, hey, there's gonna be a party at such and such room or like so this this sponsor is gonna throw a party like Maybe I just wasn't sometimes chummy those, enough with some, the Sometimes the, those are stealth. On my, on, my, sure. on my epic party conference at that DjangoCon in Chicago, um, I was standing with a group of people and they got carded. Yeah. Like one of the showrunner came by, was like the, the president of the, of the expo company that was running the show, came to someone I was standing with who was like kind of um, prolific in the, in the community mm. for that conference mm. and was like, hey... I think his company was a sponsor. He's like, we love your sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And he slipped him a business card and said, we'd love to see you tonight uh, in our suite. Yeah. And then he turned to me and he goes, good talking to you. And then he left. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and, does that mean I can't go? I went. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that was going on. And I'm sure there's plenty of people drinking um, out at night after the conference. I know there was all kind of chatter about where to get the best whiskey and beer and this stuff. Uh, I know I was definitely not... Like that wasn't on my sphere of influence or sphere of focus, whatever. I wasn't looking for that because I'm, I'm not drinking at the moment, and so it, it just like didn't have any interest to in me. But I didn't see any like big hooplas going on. Sure, and I guess part of that's probably just me not being the cool guy. You kind of um, have to yeah. seek that out at least a little bit. Yeah, mm, but yeah. hey, hey, but it, but I mean, yeah. y'all like if the, party, the conference is award a party. If, yeah, but if the conference isn't like advertising it either, sure. it's not then, Ruby on ales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 basically. Well, and, and so many that I've been to, um, there will be like a sponsor based party, right? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. will be very promoted, right? Um, and I've seen that before too, but not they don't have that here. A bunch of folks from our team went to PyCon uh, a few years back when it was in Portland, and one of the sponsors had a uh, after party offsite. Um, one night at at a bar there, and they covered town for a couple hours, and and it got um got relatively. It was a little. I had been to more ridiculous. Um, and the thing about like conference parties is that they get out of hand in a totally different way from a traditional oh, party sure. because it's a different crowd, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and I and I'm a member of that crowd, so I think I can speak freely uh, towards it, but. It's like you trade out a lot of the super broiness of like a high school house party and you kind of swap in some, um, you know, like not perfect acceptance of social cues. Uh, <laughs> so it's yeah. like a it's like a belligerent uh, awkwardness more than a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is perfect. Uh, but. but- which, You're which kind of numb to the awkwardness. Yeah, but they, 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 get, they get wild because uh, maybe people don't necessarily know their limitations right. or what is socially acceptable of like, no, man, I don't know you and I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not 22 and I'm not carrying you out of this bar, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm going to leave you here on the floor, <laughs> see you tomorrow. This will be a great lesson and I'm, a story perhaps I for you I see you're wearing a red badge, so I won't take a photo of this moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And like I've I've been to those parties. I went when I went to Saster, it was it was the most it was straight out of Silicon Valley the after party because they they had like DJ and lights and it's just like it's a bunch of so, uh, SaaS software engineers. So it's like the Kid like, Rock opening. Oh, it was so, exactly yeah. like that. We're all standing around and there's a DJ going and someone's just like. I hear they're going to pump in like some models to make it actually fun in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, lo and behold, I had like 
I don't even know why I got this armband that gave me like VIP access. So I was like, oh, I was like, I went and asked somebody, I was like, what is this for? Like, oh, you get to use the VIP. I was like, sweet. And I go in and it's just like, there's no one in there. <laughs> and, and it's just like a velvet rope from everybody else. And I have access to like the good liquor. Yeah, like bottle and service. I'm by and my, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, uh, those, I know those guys, can they come in here? So I'm not literally by myself on this side of the rope. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, nerd. It's kind of like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of killing my VIP experience yeah, yeah, yeah. to, I'm, I'm so to be the only person in the velvet room here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but well, what, uh, what was good? Um, so I was, I, I, I got to listen to the last episode while I was driving home mm-hmm. from my trip out West, um, which is always fun for me to hear an episode of this show and not know what's going to be on it. Mm. Uh, and I'll tell That's you, rare, huh? did not get a dragon sticker for the Jeep. Oh. Um, did, did not, get, the Moab did not get a Moab sticker, did get Moab patches though. Uh, and I, and I debated, I, I, I wrestled, I arm wrestled with Paige over maybe sewing those into the interior lining of the soft top there of the Jeep, go. but they are already, she's already, she sewed them on the trip. I was like, you brought needle and thread on this trip, and then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, okay, no, that checks out. And, <laughs> and that was that was mounted on a that was mounted on a polar backpack, uh, yeah. but like before right. we got out of Utah. But nice. uh, yeah, so we didn't do any of that. But uh, it was a good trip. Yeah. Now, you were going to give us an update on ElmConf. ElmConf. So mm-hmm. ElmConf was really good. It was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I had expected to get a better understanding of how to use Elm, and I thought it'd be very practical. And there was some of that, but more than anything, I learned how um, how functional and robust, functional in the sense of not functional programming, although it is that, but like w- its capabilities. Mm. Um, I'll, 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 we can post some links to some some demonstrations of even stuff that, that uses WebGL um, for graphics and like physics and things of that nature. But to me, um, on the other side of ElmConf, like just from the talks, I became very aware of how capable it is as a front end framework. So the quest it was it got rid of the question of like do I really feel like I can justify building production code for our clients with with Elm. Um, that's a yes. So yeah, I, I, I feel okay. I, I feel confident in that. Um, so that and so then on the other side of that, because you know, what what I thought I would end up with was a better understanding of how to use it and then I would still have to go well, do I really feel like I can have production code out here yeah. like this? Like, so, okay, this yeah. works. I can route views and stuff like that, but I need a date picker. Right. What do I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Totally. Uh, that's that's I still, the front end framework. I still test. shove some yeah. jQuery into <laughs> yeah. my view. Well, and for, they've got, for they've, shit got like that. they've got interop with JavaScript. So if you need to do library interop, you can do that. Um, so you can you can drop in you can touch the poop you can touch the poop <laughs> uh, the more you touch the poop the the poop, more it smells like poop in your elm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but you can touch the poop um, but yeah so then I would so I went to I went to ElmConf and then went back to my my Airbnb and stayed up all night revisiting all the tutorials and writing some Elm and things like that and watching talks and got really excited because I realized. It, it kind of unlocked for me at a much more simple level what what it all is in, in the sense of it's very functional, very simple programming in that every file is an HTML file um, or generates down to an HTML file, excuse me, compiles okay. down. Yep. It's, a, it's an Elm file that compiles to an HTML file. So does that mean that you can 
think of every Elm file as a page of your application. Yes, okay. exactly. That's kind of interesting. Cause, yeah. Because like in Vue or React, you have maybe your your index right. HTML and then that you, you just, think of like that. Yeah. But everything else is... And then everything else components Layers everywhere. and layers yeah. of... Yep. of uh, divs, all the divs. Abstraction. All the divs with, exactly. yeah. with their controllers Onion. or handlers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. OnionJS. Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yes. Onion oh, I, saw, JS. Uh, I said OnionJS. That's Onion great. JS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw... That should be a new a new one of those. We should make one. Oh, we need some artwork for Onion JS yes. and, and make that like uh, the JavaScript framework. Let's just do it with React. There has to be a we'll thing. do React yeah. and it'll be an Onion. An onion. Yeah, yeah, that's like good. It. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the, every every Elm file consists of a model. Like basically, if you kind of break it into sections, you've got your model, which is your data representation, your update layer, which is basically like a yeah. I'm with you, Casey. I got a Google stuff. and then a view. Yeah. So you've got the HTML piece. You have the the model, which is a declared data that you know um, you, you'll be interacting with, and then update messages that take up an, an update, which is basically where you um, you do what you want with the data. So in your view, on you send messages up to your update layer, and that updates the data model, and that's it. It's just as simple as that. Yep. And there's nothing more. You can you 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 expand it to to meet your needs obviously making API calls in that update layer or anything like that, but it's just r- real straightforward in that regards. I bet mm. that someone that is more if Blake were here, mm. Blake would challenge that that is I I wonder if Blake would challenge or or another J- JavaScript developer that like that is Who's, who's Blake? And, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I've I don't, seen him. I don't remember that guy. A guy named uh, Blake. Yeah, I think he used yeah. to come by. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's aliased for a NPM. <laughs> oh, it's the oh, that's NPM right. Guy. That's right. That's yeah. that I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he. I think and someone someone um, like him would would maybe say that is that just an early evolution? Is that like a mm. at a point Angular was that simple, and so therefore Elm is lacking some more robust lifecycle hooks that you have to build yourself if you want to do them like the idea of a pre-mount and post-mount and, and things like that mm. or something that, that, and that I can't answer as an early convert. I can mm. only go to our Holy scriptures of the Elm docs <laughs> <laughs> and, and read to you from them or blog posts by, um, uh, the, I didn't mean to be insensitive. No, no, you're yeah. good. You, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Not on this episode, at least <laughs> yeah. not the one that we opened up with Italian pejoratives. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's not our style being insensitive on this show. Yeah, so God, what no. what I can say is that like what I I haven't I'm obviously not building in production, so I've not had any any limitations in that regard. As I've thought through what I would want to build in Elm or even in the front end pieces I'm building right now, like how would I build this in Elm? I've not run into anything where I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. Um and then uh what there's another part of that thought that just went out the Back of my head. Well, there's there's a good solution to the um, like the stepping stone to getting to production code, which is um, building an app in it and right. like just committing to it, yeah, right? Yeah, just like and so we yeah. talked about this a little bit. And you got to do it. Tyrell was like, I think we should build an Elm front end on our next client app mm. and just do it. Just do it, and that will that will I, that will uh, solve a problem. Yep. <laughs> uh, it will. <laughs> but that's all of JavaScript, yeah. right? It's all solving yeah. some problem. But you gotta, I mean, you have to try it, right? Yeah, right? I mean, you can do all of the, you can go through all the Vue.js You can build all the to-do the list apps you want, yeah. right? But, but getting in there and saying like, okay, there's a client need, there's an objective that we have to meet, and this is my tool 
right. will will stress test that tool. Right. I'm all for it. And yeah, on the let's other, do it. And on the other side of that, the other the other big takeaway was now that I'm now that I'm firmly pro Elm, and we will be building some Elm front end here at Lofty. I like it. Uh, GraphQL. I have officially learned this to is, embrace the GraphQL. This was a spiritual experience. It was. It was. The, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 A lot of enlightenment. It yeah, was. Tyrell and I have been talking about the GraphQL because I, I told him I'm. I too would like to dive into that on on perhaps our next project. Hayden's going to hear this episode. Yeah. From from where from wherever he is down in deep in Texas now, and he's going to go. God damn it! Yep. Like for yeah. two years, <laughs> I was talking to these guys about GraphQL, and they were like, "Oh, REST is stable and stuff like that." Yeah. But 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 Hayden did the same thing. He built two production apps here that run on GraphQL, and they work yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I just have to. I was told Tyrell yesterday I have to get over my old man issues yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. of like, but that's a really ugly URL <laughs> that that makes <laughs> like. <laughs> I love it because there's like there's some fighting there because what you're describing and how Elm works its architecture and compiles down to individual HTML files. There's a little bit of irony in that, just in as much as like that is so swimming upstream from everything else that yes. the Webpack based frameworks yes. are trying to do, which is like like Elm's like we have this novel idea. We'll put individual HTML files on the server, and then the server can serve them up. (laughs) (laughs) And the URL structure may or may not be determined from what folder those files are in. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Yeah. And all the kids at the conference. Do you ever wonder what all the. That sounds really, really straightforward. (laughs) Do you ever wonder what those slashes were in that URL? There there are routes in Elm that you can use. I figured. um, For for more complex stuff. I am not actually advocating for going back to that. Right. It's just that, like, that is a vestigial thing that appears in every application now that comes from that old school Apache, put your HTML in a folder, and that's that's what a URL is. Right. But it's just funny to me that this is a kind of a newer framework, a newer trend that's kind of embracing the old. Yeah. And then putting that with GraphQL, where it's like, yeah, generate these gnarly-ass URLs for your, for your you know, it's, yep. it's, that's yeah. just a funny, uh, con- not conflict, what's the word there? Yeah. Sure. The con- yeah. Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, what was great was I, I knew I needed to take my medicine in regards to GraphQL because I've had enough people <laughs> like be like, you need to look at this. And so someone was given a GraphQL uh, un, un, un session. And so I went uh, with the, with like, got to go with an open mind, got to see what they're saying. And I went, I, I'm and just I gonna them. I'm gonna advocate here that if a, if it may not be medicine, if a lot of random people are coming up to you going like, man, you got to get an open mind and just try this. <laughs> that might be something else. It might not be a medicine. Yeah, that's right. that might not be some of them. Some of them may consider it medicine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I use GraphQL uh, medicinally, not recreationally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but in that in that talk, they were building a React app, mm. and having just come from ElmConf the day before, I was like. Good God, that is terrible. Why, why are you using that? All that React code looks so com- unnecessarily complicated. Because yeah. they were building the simple app like, mm. like as they were doing it. I mean, if they're so live, live coding, coding they were during live show, coding, it's got to be a pretty just, straightforward app. Right. right. Yeah. And it was still so overly complicated. It was ridiculous. But in that process, like, I really learned to um, like, appreciate GraphQL. And so I, I even went to the guy. One of the, there was two people that presented. And I went to, to one of them afterwards and said, okay, Help me not be an old man about rest. Like, why 
GraphQL for REST. He's like, oh, like man. oh man, oh you feel like an old man, dude. Open your mind. <laughs> Take these. <laughs> yeah. so, but he went into like he gave plenty of examples of stuff um, that that helped like make sense of it all, like with overfetching and underfetching and things yeah. of that nature. The way you can query a GraphQL endpoint versus like all the rest queries and things of that nature. So, so looking back at, at some of my, my previous old man moments with um, software um, and, and methodologies, I remember hating the idea of, of building front-end based apps, like spas and stuff. Yeah. And my biggest complaint was like, I've already done all this work to model my data on the back end, and now I have to go build some corresponding yes, and model. I, on I the hate front that end. as well, and it yeah. felt wrong. It yes. was like I've already done all the validation back here, but yep. this was at a time where uh, I mean that I remember having that thought, and it was when you were building things like um, autocomplete fields, and like you weren't thinking necessarily with. REST APIs existed, but you when you were building traditional web apps, you were thinking of it more like an AJAX handler yep. than yeah. a REST endpoint, yep. and being like, why do I have to duplicate this? I've already done the validation back here, now I have to go, if I change my model, I'm going to go change my front-end code, blah, blah, blah. And that's always kind of been uneasy with me. It's gotten better and better, yep. but like, go look at any Vue app that we've built in the last six months, and I have some you know, object that resembles my model that I'm catching that data with to, to enforce some validation. And I think that's one place where GraphQL kind of starts to help make it where you're not reproducing, you know, the, uh, in JavaScript, you're not producing some structure that is necessarily directly mirrored to each individual endpoint of your API. It's right. return stuff in this format, do that, you know? And so uh, that, that definitely seems like to, a benefit. Yeah. Plus, plus oftentimes you may have to, Hit multiple endpoints that's to what, aggregate that's what all the data say, you want, yeah. and yeah. then create a new object structure out of that yeah, to right. match your view. And so, like, like in the one we're working on right now, we're using Vuex for the front end state management, and there are Buku actions to hit Buku endpoints to get different, yeah, you know, different data to build one like dashboard page. Yeah, that that, yeah. that totally could exactly. be accomplished through some some more granular querying. And and then, but I, I like the idea of like the old school way of doing that. Might have been you build a like it's probably goes a little bit against REST principles. But I maybe do that you build, all the time. Maybe you build a a dashboard endpoint <laughs> that that aggregates yeah. a lot of those pieces, <laughs> yeah. right, and gives everything your dashboard on the front end needs yes. through a special endpoint for it. But oh, with GraphQL, yeah. oh. you don't necessarily have to do that, right? Your front end right. can just think about composing, like requesting what it needs right. in this request and and getting it back in the yeah. format that it's yeah. requested right. it in. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. so you get some validation there because what it gets back automatically matches the fields it asks for. You don't have to map them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there, there's pros and cons to it because if you were to, I, I think that's why GraphQL is a good, a good solution. If you are, if you want to minimize the amount of extra work you have to do on the front end, then you would make all of your API endpoints match exact the data, the exact data that you need for the front end. Right. 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 Yeah. But then if you, if something changes on the front end, something in the design changes, now you have to change the back end. Yep. To match the front end, um, so at, at least with GraphQL, if you're getting a cold sweat right now, <laughs> I know this is crazy because I'm uh, I'm living that <laughs> life right <laughs> now. Yeah. The conversion of an entire team to GraphQL. <laughs> but, but if you're if you're doing GraphQL, then you can uh, you can specify on the front end the things you need from the back end. It'll come back, and then if something changes, then you just change it in the front end, and the back end can 
stay as we would ideally want it as yeah. a as a rest app. Yeah, because right really, now I've it got just becomes data access layer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Quick poll. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, and then because yeah, I've got a million serializers to to serialize all the different things I need on this app, which is going to change, you know, then yeah, that's the life I'm going to live. Yeah. Changing back in, in, back in front. Build a new serializer. Yeah. Uh, we pull us and pull us and close us out. Oh, I was going to say, Alan and I quickly, uh, yesterday kind of talked about this. Everybody's thoughts on nested routes in rest. We found a, Oh, we've talked routes. about this. I remember Alex yeah. and I. Is that restful? Are nested routes restful? I guess would be my question. I think they can be, but yeah, I can't remember be. if Alex was against it. Someone hated it. I think someone I was think on Alex the show and was like, "No, I'm, be, I'm, I'm, real, I'm not a I'm big real fan. quiet right now." Oh, oh, it was me. No, I, 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 I fucking hate the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't mind nested routes that are two layers deep when it's. Um, in in like an object relation thing. That's like what this I was going to say. Many of this thing because yeah. you can because like in Django in particular because all URLs are simply a regular expression. You can nest routes all you want right. with no rhyme or reason to it, which I think yeah. is bad. But if it's that's like terrible. if it's like um, if I have an endpoint that's like API slash um, API slash I'm going to do car makes and models API slash make slash Jeep and slash Wrangler, right? And so that like, or, or yeah, like do it, do a make and slash then, model and, slash Wrangler. Exactly. And then, and then basically what I'm doing is the nested route is filtering to everything. Yeah. Slash model under Jeep. And the, the endpoint returns like a bunch of different models from that one make. If it's filtering yeah. on some relationship, right? I think makes a lot of sense. Same, yeah. same. That's, that feels okay to me. What I strongly dislike is when you put additional, Ah, uh, actions. Actions. That's yeah, what we're talking about. Actions. Yes. So you don't want yes. an export endpoint nested under your yeah. under your 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 Jeep endpoint. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Or slash CSV and it returns CSV. Yes. So what do you do there? You put a query, query parameter? No, you make a, a new endpoint. This so it was a, a rude endpoint. A like a user like a, CSV endpoint? Yeah, something like that. You just pass the user ID? Yeah. Uh, and um, or maybe well, for, you, specifically for CSV, you can actually change the content type. Um, oh, so you can do it with HTTP. I could be yeah, smarter than I like that. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I, I, I've done that, and you can do it with things with uh, like Excel as yeah, well. You yeah. can add an Excel content type, yeah. oh, and then nice, when nice. Um, so it's the exact same endpoint that you would hit with HTTP and get yeah. JSON. But if yeah. you if you request it with a content type of yeah. application, yep, yeah, and then Got you it. then you just change your response. Yeah. The, the, Based on the content type. Yeah, mm-hmm. your responder to. I've never, I have I've honestly never done that in an app before, but but DRF makes that. That would be. You could. There's yeah, nothing yeah, in the DRF. frameworks that we use that would prevent you from doing that. No, no, you, no. you don't ever see it in the documentation or examples. Actually, yeah. we're probably going to need to use that on this project we're working yeah. on. Yeah, probably. <laughs> CSV, yeah. Excel, PDFs, those are all really easy to do with the content type. Yeah, so I've, nice. I've done That's it smart. Two, di- two ways with the query parameter where yep. you just you know end it with CSV yep. or JSON. Or Output whatever. equals and and then yeah. some some variable parameter, right? and then I've also done the dirty uh, whatever my model CSV. Give yeah. me that. That's where that's where Rails is really nice. Is get the respond to and basically turn on. Yeah, the, that, turn on that makes endpoint. it that makes it really easy because yep. um, you just add respond to um, CSV, mm-hmm. and then it, under your mo- under your views folder, you would add a um, index dot or a show dot CSV, yep. and it renders it. So. Uh, to close us out now, we need 
a new we we I have a new target guest because mm-hmm. to implement GraphQL in Python in uh, Django, there's the the Graphene Django library. Yep. Okay. And I, I found this video and I got really excited. Do we need to get was, Sir Walter Graphene himself uh, yes, on the show? Yes. Okay. Uh, I got really excited when I found this blog post because it was written earlier this year, and uh, I was like, sweet. Um, but it's uh, the the guy gives a talk. It turns out, if, if I remember the contents of the video correctly, he is just taking on management of that library. It's Manish uh, Sinha. I think he works at Microsoft. He gave this talk. Um, but he starts about talking about migrating from uh, Django REST framework to GraphQL. So like, perfect. But about halfway through the talk, he starts just crapping all over <laughs> the library because of performance. Uh, <laughs> and, mm. Now, granted, he's just inherited it. So he's just seen the ugly truth of everything about it. But he's like... And you have to like you, you inherit something like that. You do have to plot a stake and say that's the goal and we're moving towards it. So yeah. You, so you have to find something to improve, right? <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. he was he was talking about all the all the terrible things about it, and I was like, well, that doesn't make me want to move, man. <laughs> but he, uh, but one of the, like so for example, one of the things he talks about is there was two hundred open issues at the time of him giving the talk. There are forty seven open issues now. So obviously he's making huge strides. strides and so I would love to to try and reach out to him. Yeah. If anyone if if uh someone tweet chance, that guy. Yeah, yeah. if if Manish is a listener and if I'm mispronouncing your name, I'm terribly sorry. Um he's never coming on there. Yeah, yeah, I've mm. I've screwed that up. Mm. But uh if anyone knows him um or can tweet at him. Yeah, whatever. We'll we'll we'll. We can probably tweet at him, but we have no we have no Twitter. Well, like if you, yeah, we we want to get one relationship closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Somebody who knows him. Don't just (laughs) (laughs) some random person just like search for him on Twitter and hit him like, hey, this podcast. (laughs) He just gets talks about you by a bunch of random (laughs) Friday afternoon deploy things. Exactly. We get a cease and desist letter. Yeah. (laughs) So love love to have him come on and talk about like. A talk about taking over open source management, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, B like, hey, you you cool with us using this thing now <laughs> since you dogged on it in this talk? Yeah, what's the state like, of four, it? Yeah. Five months ago, because yeah. it does. It does. I mean, five months ago is not that far away, but it's also plenty of time to make some real progress. Well, and maybe yeah. in that talk by surfacing those problems that that brought a lot of attention. I mean, that may sure. not have been superhuman effort on his part to close out those issues and right. brought a lot of people in who are using it. And they're, and they're, like, they're like, oh my god, oh god. I didn't really yeah, realize. I've just been pip installing that. I haven't looked at the issues page on GitHub. My bad. Yeah. Let me get in there and yeah. yeah. That yeah. explains a lot. And there's, there's no <laughs> yeah. comments or updates on the blog post. So he's, there's no like, we've made real progress. Here's the state of the, of no, the library right. now. So, but that's, that's for another time. All right. Well, we'll have him. And while we're plugging other podcasts, uh, I had the exquisite privilege of sitting down uh, with Michael Kennedy from the Talk Python yeah. uh, podcast. And the episode, it's about, uh, it's about freelancing, hmm. uh, specifically with Python, but, but freelancing and consulting work. Um, so I sat down with a panel, and that was a lot of fun. And I think that episode is coming out the Wednesday following this episode. Mm-hmm. So next week, if you hear this in a timely manner, otherwise, kind of, you know, last week of September, uh, that's coming out. So, but yeah, if, if you haven't checked out that podcast, it's a good though, podcast dude, for it, sure. It's cool. Good. Yeah, and it's it's very Python. I know we talk a lot about Python, so we have a lot of Python listeners. But that is, it's it's purely Python. Yeah, hence they, the name Talk Python. They talk a lot less about uh, derogative terms for for things and uh, yeah, you know, and, for yeah, Italian mainland partying yeah. and yeah. There's it's it's much more. I don't think technical. They, I don't what think you, what Alan's trying food, to say they is, haven't had a food episode yet. Yeah. yeah. What Alan's trying to say is they produce quality content. <laughs> 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 
we're very casual here. Yeah. Uh, and I told them that on the show wow. uh, that ours was a little bit different format. But yeah, that's coming out. It's a, it's a cool episode. It'd be it'd be good to check it out. Um, so so I definitely wanted to let our let our listeners know if you haven't heard that podcast, you should check it out. And uh, not necessarily because I'll be on it because you if you listen to this show, you already hear enough of my shit. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So that's coming out this. That's week. a good one. He gets Tom Christie on there. If you if you dig way back, like yeah. there's, there's I asked him. I, Guido was on there. I was gonna say like, I was, yeah. I, was I, I asked him. He was uh, we were talking audiences and stuff, and and you know, admittedly, we're the, we're we're definitely the small podcast by comparison for by sure. a pretty substantial margin on mm-hmm. this. And so I was like, so. Uh, you know how many people might listen to this? Like, just kind of measure the lift a little bit. And he's like, "Well, our best episode ever was blah 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 downloads." And I was like, "Holy shit!" And he's like, "We had Guido for that episode." And I was like, "Well, of course, yeah. The Python podcast has Guido on it. It's like it's like the it's like the Catholic podcast having having God on it." <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, so it's uh, it'll be cool. I'm 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 excited to hear that one come out, and and uh, yeah, you should tune into it. So cool. All right, we got daily stand-ups. I guess we better go start this Friday. Yeah. yeah. And then we're yeah. doing a double header. We're cutting another episode tonight. That's, yeah. We're dedicated to the audience. We're nope. not going to miss an episode. Nope. Uh, that's that's our uh, commitment to you. For sure. Until we break it. Until. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, if you're not open to GraphQL, it's just because your third eye hasn't opened yet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, take these pills. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see you in a week. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peeks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.